This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Raw Reaction Show joining you at 8am this morning, not the Arsenal Transfer Show, because of course Arsenal played yesterday. We'll get into talk about transfers a little bit later on in the show when we do the Q&A section in part two, so don't worry. If you want your transfer fix, it's coming, I promise. Um, But of course, with Arsenal playing yesterday, we usually do our breakdown of that game in the reaction the following morning. If you're new to the channel, of course, if you might be new during this period, you're thinking, oh, I wonder what the channel does when the actual football gets underway. Well, this is what we do. Instead of the the transfer or morning show, we do our reactions in the morning to the game. So good morning to everybody that's joining us live in the chat box. Hope you're good. Hope you're well. Matt G, good morning to you, to Kaiser, to Runs With Cows, Black Shine. Good morning to Carl and Yomi and Temi and Karide. Uh, NSW, Marcus, Damian, Paul, Red Star, Temi, so many more of you in the chat box as well. Always a pleasure to speak to you as per. Do drop a like on the video. We managed to get a ridiculous number of likes on yesterday's video. Uh, I think it might have been Marcus in the chat box moaning that we didn't get over 600. We ended up getting over 700 likes, which is mad. But thank you so much for everyone that continues to support the channel by dropping a like, by subscribing, all of that lovely stuff. But without further ado, let's crack on with today's show and talk about yesterday's victory against Leon which was, in my view, a bit of a perfect one because all you want to see from a game in which you've been off for a while and you've got players out and, you know, using a second string team and some players are not playing in their typical roles like, you know, Fabio Vieira, for instance, is a really good performance. And and that's what we got. Now, you can approach these games like we did or you can approach these games like Leon did. And uh, I tell you what, I'm very happy to be in the the former category rather than the latter. Uh, And I think that what's most important is what we saw a performance like we never left. Uh, We saw a performance that was high pressure, that we were going in absolutely to try and win, good chance creation. I'll talk a little bit more about Nketiah in a bit and his performance on its own, but we just wanted to win this game. And if you can instill a culture about wanting to win throughout not just your first team and first eleven. But throughout the squads, it sets you up perfectly to move into the second half of a campaign after what is going to be a, a frustrating break with the World Cup in a season which Arsenal find themselves with a massive opportunity, of course, to try and get something from this season. 
Um, and the performance with the pressure and the energy and what we displayed and showed on the field was absolutely everything I could have asked for. Now, going into some of the individual performances, Gabriel scored the first goal of the game with the header from a great Martin Odegaard corner, already getting his assist numbers up uh, and kicking those off. But in a season whereby we're going to be missing Gabriel Jesus for some time, we are going to need goals from other areas of the field. And set pieces, I think, is going to be absolutely key. So, Gabriel getting his sighters in for when the Premier League returns is a good one. He probably is one of, if the most threatening centre-back from set pieces in the league. His accuracy from headers, um, his timing of his runs, and his finishing is pretty good. He did have a chance in the first half as well uh, that he probably should have left for Rob holding behind him. But, you know, when you've got a, such a good scoring record as Gabriel does, I'm not surprised that he did end up going for the ball. But uh, Gabriel getting his goal is going to be an asset, I think, to... Uh, to us, you know, uh, in the second half of the campaign. Eddie Nketiah getting his goal was critical. I can't overstate or understate, I can I can definitely overstate it, but I can't understate how important and how relieving it was for Eddie Nketiah to score. Um, we all know that, you know, Jesus is going to be out for this extended period. We might, we might not get him back till February. Who knows? We might not get him back to March. We'll have to wait and see when we get more information about when he's going to return. But Eddie Nketiah is most likely going to be Arsenal striker for the you know the foreseeable future, unless we sign somebody or unless we decide to move Martinelli into more of a central role. But Eddie Nketiah is going to be that guy. Now, the amount of hysteria, and I tweeted about this yesterday, the amount of hysteria around the idea of Eddie Nketiah starting for Arsenal up top, I think has been equivalent to some people thinking we're starting the game with 10 players. Um, <laughs> it's genuinely got, I think, to that level that... Moving Jesus out and bringing Eddie Nketiah in is about the same as starting with a player less to some people, which is ridiculous and hyperbolic and exaggerative, of course. And I think yesterday certainly showed that. And what I liked about Eddie Nketiah's performance yesterday was that he was actually trying to do some of the things that Jesus does. He was dropping deep. He was becoming an option for those direct passes from the centre-backs into the midfield, and he was trying to be collaborative. But most of all, when the chance presented itself to him, he finished it. It wasn't the cleanest of strikes, but it was an accurate one, and it found the back of the net, and it did what he wanted it to do, send Anthony Lopez the wrong way and nestle in the bottom right-hand corner for his goal. And that's all we need from him while he's playing. We just need him to finish chances. And my goodness, we create chances. We create plenty of chances, whether or not Jesus is there or not. We know that Nketiah can be a good finisher. We saw that this season with the game against Brighton. Yes, we lost the game, of course, but the chance that was solely given to him, he took excellently. And we saw it at the end of last season when he scored a great number of goals in a games without a top striker because, of course, Arteta decided to swap him out for, or swap Lacazette out for, for Nketiah. For me, I was very happy with his performance and it certainly set my mind more at ease about the situation of Gabriel Jesus. Now, Fabio Vieira got a goal and an assist. He set up Eddie Nketiah's goal, but his strike was very, very nice as well. Left footed in the top right-hand corner in a period that, I, again, it can't be understated how important this period is for Fabio Vieira. He was injured for all of the summer, which meant he didn't have a pre-season, wasn't able to integrate himself as comfortably as maybe he would have wanted. And maybe then that didn't allow him the smoothest of starts to his time at Arsenal. This mid-season break is giving Vieira that opportunity. And he could not have started off in a better way with a goal and an assist in the game against Leon. Uh, the pass to Nketiah was perfect. His run in the right place was perfect. Lukonga, by the way, what a pass from him to find him on that right-hand side, who I thought also had a very good game. But 
Fabio Vieira, very, very impressed. And uh, if you can try and keep this kind of goal contribution rate up, we can start seeing him get into the 20-plus goal contributions that he got to uh, for Porto last season. It was really, really important that he got that performance in and had that type of display, and he did. Carl Hine saved four penalties. Quite the uh, the contrast, the performance that we saw against Brighton in the Carabao Cup, of course, when he slipped and actually failed to save Danny Welbeck's penalty. What I would say is that it was one of the worst penalty shootouts I've ever seen from both an Arsenal and Leon perspective. Uh, it was not a good display uh, by any shadow uh, of the imagination. It was really, any stretcher of the imagination, it was really, really poor. Um, but there were some good saves from Carl Hine in there. And actually, he managed to keep himself composed throughout the entire 90 minutes with Ramsdale and Turner both not available right now, although Turner could be back for the game against Milan. He is in Dubai now. We'll have to wait and see if he's back for that. But uh, yeah, very, uh, very questionable display from the penalties. But Carl Hine, did himself proud and I think uh, earned a few confidence points from his performance as well. Uh, the youngsters that came on after around 60 to 70 minutes, Arteta decided to make nine changes in addition to the change he made at half time with Marquinhos coming on for Fabio Vieira. Uh, I thought that Lino Sosa was the most impressive of all of them. Uh, at playing at left back, he was good defensively, he was good going forwards. He's unfortunate really because he's in a position where Arsenal currently have Tierney, Tomiyasu and Zinchenko when the latter two are both available. Uh, and of course, we've got Nuno Tavares who will return in the summer. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Where Lino Souza's future lies, we don't know. But he is certainly a talented player. And I think he probably needs to do a loan next season, similar to what Britton Norton Cuffey has been on this season. I think that Lino Souza needs to find himself a championship club to play at next season. He's still only 17, turning 18 very soon, as far as I'm aware. And this is the type of performance that you need to see. Uh, he played in the under-18s only last year for West Brom and even started in the under-18s this year when he moved to us in January before making the leap up to the, uh, the under-21s. He's very highly thought of and very, very excited to see what future happens. Beyond him, I thought Ethan Wanieri had a good account of himself. Uh, Butler Oyadeji was really unlucky with a couple of chances that he had. And you have to say that these kids were going up against Leon. Yes, there were some youngsters in that Leon side. And yes, Leon certainly took the attendancy as soon as we made those changes, which was unsurprising. But they absolutely were able to kind of hold the line. Uh, they weren't, you know, they weren't kind of overawed by the situation. And Leon were definitely encouraged by the fact that we made the changes. And I think there was a certain impression from Leon when we made those changes that they didn't want to embarrass themselves. And yet, certainly, I think the under-21s will give them a sense of embarrassment because they were able to hold them. They weren't able to take advantage of it, despite having some senior players on the field and some starting Leon players from Liga. So I was very happy with the performance of the under-21s overall, and I thought there were some standout performances from Souza in particular. Lastly, I think before we go to part two and your questions, uh, Mikel Arteta can be very, very happy with the reaction that he got. All that you want to see from your team, of course, when you get that kind of break and you haven't played in a certain period of time and you're missing a lot of the first team players, all you want to see is your team respond and play how you've wanted them to play ever since before that break happened. And I think that we can all be very happy indeed, ultimately, with how we performed and and also what Arteta has you know, really given to this side in terms of the consistency of the performance. He did speak after the game when he talked about uh, Dubai at quite, at quite a lengthy period. It was asked quite a few questions about Dubai, but I actually wanted to hear more about some of the, the more finer details. He was asked about Jesus' injury 
uh, and when he may return, he says, no, we we know that he needed some intervention in the knee and we'll have to take it day by day, week by week and see where it takes us. He was asked about playing Gabby Martinelli through the middle and he says, we look at the squad and we consider every option, obviously, with the players that we have available and there are things that we can try if we have the need to do so. About whether it's affected the transfer window, he said what it affects is who we are as a team because he gives us so much. So what we can do after that, when we know the timescale of his recovery and when we have him back, we will look at the options and try to make the right decision. He was also asked about Emil Smith-Rowe's recovery and he said with Emil, he has returned to training and he's in that process after we rehab, after a period where he had some real discomfort. So we are giving him time. He's getting closer and closer. So hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll be able to see him. So it doesn't seem that confident that we will see him before the Premier League returns. He is now in training, but they're being cautious with him. And I don't think they want to rush him back too quickly and threaten a re-injury uh, of that as well. Talking about the current squad depth, he says, I feel like my I feel uh, like my squad is really good. Unfortunately, we've had injuries and we will try to see what we can do to be strong. We have players. We have a lot of accompanying players. The question is, do we have the players that can give us the performances and the consistency that we need to maintain and improve from where we are? Uh, and then finally, when he was asked about the second half of the Premier League season and whether it will be more difficult after the World Cup, he says, I don't know. And a new experience for everybody. We have tried to prepare in the best way possible. It's very important for us to have this camp. It is as it is very important as we will get the players back who have participated in the World Cup in the best possible way and as quickly as possible. So we did talk at length about a number of things. We still are waiting for more clarity about the absence of Alexander Zinchenko, who was not in the squad whatsoever. Um, hopefully he'll return very, very soon. And obviously we want to get more information about transfers as much as we can. I imagine that there will be further questions about transfers when we play Milan next week. Anyway, uh, and if you haven't touched, as uh, we haven't touched upon Masmanu says, the Arteta touch on the sidelines was saucy. If you haven't already seen it, go find it online. His touch to control the ball, unbelievably good. Uh, a touch of a former Premier League footballer, uh, which of course he is. Anyway, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's jump into the chat box and get some of your thoughts. Um, Bakarilla Zane says, it was a lovely strike, but the build-up play was fantastic. I'm assuming that's for uh, Fabio Vieira's goal. It absolutely was. Uh, Cedric involved, uh, you know, the forward players involved as well. 
uh, it's exactly what you want to see from a team that's not played together in a while is that, you know, how confident they are in still their understanding of one another. Uh, Greg, uh, Tom, love the show. I really get why we don't want to upset Balogun's development, but do you think there is a counter-argument in the next few months might be Balogun's best chance of first-team experience? And Greg, the honest answer is no, um, because I don't think he's going to start him. I think if we record Balogun and Ketia plays, and I think Nketiah will still get in the start. I think Nketiah will score. And if he scores against West Ham, which, you know, he's, I have confidence in him doing if he does start with our first team on Boxing Day, then what I think will happen is that he'll start every game and Balogun will find himself on the bench and then Jesus will return in February time, we suspect. And uh, he won't get the opportunity. So, no, uh, I don't think it's his best chance at all because I don't think Arteta will give him that opportunity because I think he sees Nketiah above him, maybe even Martinelli above him. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Marcus says, is Zinchenko worrying you? It seems to be injured. He seems to be injured far too much. There is a worry for me. I'd be lying if I didn't have a little bit of a concern about consistency and I was kind of hoping that this period of off-season would give him the chance to recover. I don't know if he's trying too hard. He took part apparently in a, a charity match after the Premier League kind of stopped and I have a question mark around that now especially seeing as he's injured and why he took part in that. It was unnecessary if anything. I'm, I, that probably had no bearing at all you know and I'm probably being paranoid but I do question that a little bit. Uh, Mohammed says, hi, uh, Tom, question. Uh, am I the only one who's disappointed by Sambi and Reese's performance? Sambi is an eight, and that's true, but I, as a deep-line playmaker, he's not a box-to-box. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I quite liked what he provided. I thought his passing was good. I thought it was progressive. Um, it's a difficult game to kind of make judgments on bad performances because the opposition really didn't offer us too much. But I thought Sambi provided us with with plenty. Reese was quiet in the in uh, I was going to say in the second half when he didn't play. Um, he obviously did start the second half, but I thought he was I thought he was quiet in considering you know a half where he hit the post in the first few moments of the game and beyond that didn't really get in. It's kind of a similar vibe to the Buddy Glimpse game. I want to see more. Uh, from him, but uh, I think he did as much as he, he could really do in, in the circumstances of that being the first game back as well. Temi says, is Awar now below the Bailey tier after that performance? <laughs> I think that uh, Bailey's on his annual leave at the moment, but when he returns, I'll definitely be quizzing him on what his thoughts were on Awar's performance, if indeed he could even stomach watching Awar. Wow, what, uh, what a bullet we managed to dodge with that one. Um Billy says, hey, mate, is there any chance that Arsenal could go in for Danny Olmo? The man's good, and I think he would be if, uh, he'd be up for a move. What do you think? I don't think he's the style of player that Arsenal are looking for, so I just don't think Arsenal would go for him. You know, he's that kind of wide playmaker, can play through the middle as well, and has done for Leipzig for a while before he moved, uh, after he moved from, from Croatia, actually playing when, when he was a Spanish under-21 international. But... I, I don't think he's the profile of player that we're, we're going for. Um... Let's go to Esmond, who says, Tom, we really need to promote the youngsters to play. We need to look at Dortmund. They really are good at making profits and improving players. If you want to look at Dortmund, then you also want to look at the way they struggle to compete at the top of the Bundesliga and into the latter stages of the Champions League. We don't need to be Dortmund. Dortmund are a side that you look to like Leicester, like Wolves. Um, they're obviously a better side than those teams, but in the context of their league, they're not competitors with Bayern Munich. They're just not. They're considered the second best. Well, they were considered the second best side I did in the Bundesliga. But no, we don't need to look at Dortmund. We need to be the team that is getting the players that Dortmund get. Yes, but keeping them, not selling them on for profit. I'm not saying we don't need to sell players on for profit. We do. We absolutely need to be better with player sales. But 
mm, no, that's just not the way in which Arsenal need to look at the way in which they're moving forwards. And I know, Esmond, you want to sell Saka, which I find mental, but I really question your mindset when it comes to things like that because I just can't see why you'd want to be a side that is just consistently aiming to not finish at the top. Well, not aiming to not finish, but certainly they don't have the ambition and they don't have the. Re- I don't think they challenge themselves enough to finish at the top table, and they're always letting players go because the mindset of the players is to leave, to go to bigger teams. I don't want Arsenal to be a Dortmund. I do not want to be a club where players feel like there is another step to go. I want Arsenal to be a club where they feel that they're at the club that is their final step or their biggest step. So no, I do not want to be Dortmund. Uh, Raditya says, "Hi Tom, what do you think about the possibility of having Marcus Turam as a mid-term slash long-term competition for our current crop of strikers slash wingers?" I think Marcus Turam, having watched a bit more now, and I did watch a fair few more clips of him playing in Bundesliga as well, I think he'd be a competitive option for the forward line. I think he would add something to the forward line. I think he's versatile enough to add options through the wide areas and the middle. So I think my view has changed on Marcus Turam somewhat, having now watched him um, a little bit more. So I don't think it's a bad option, but I think there are potentially better options out there or ones with potentially a higher ceiling than Marcus Turam as well. Uh, Jonathan says, I watched the Leon game and was so impressed. Great game, very nice transitions, could have scored more. Odegaard, Vieira and Ketia and Tierney stood out for me. Loved the keeper, Carl Hine as well. Uh, Matt G says, I didn't get to watch the game. Who was your first and second half man of the match? Good question. First half man of the match? Oh, I mean, Eddie Nketiah was good. and I really enjoyed his performance. But I, I can't really look too much past Fabio Vieira as well for his goal and his assist. But I think that's really being probably swayed by the fact they got themselves on the score sheets. Uh, but I, I probably agree with Jonathan. I thought Tierney was very, very good on the left-hand side. I thought he added wit. I thought he added... Uh, threat moving forwards. I thought Erdegaard kept the play moving really, really well. It was difficult to pick a stand-up play. I think you have to go with Fabio Vieira because he's the one who gets a goal and assist in the half. And, you know, without that, you know, you're not getting two goals from the game. Second half, you know, we saw a lot of the youngsters come on. Lino Souza, I think I mentioned earlier, he's probably the one that stood out for me the most at left-back. Again, we had two really good left-back performances on the day. So probably move towards those sides. Um, Marcus is apart from the young left-back Sosa, who else stood out from the subs um, who came on? Ethan Nwanyeri, I thought, looked good. You know, he was great at kind of nicking the ball away from the uh, the Leon players and then either creating a chance of Butler or Yadeji or having a shot himself, which he did drag wide in the second half. So Nwanyeri definitely stood out to me as well. And Miles Lewis Skelly in the midfields, I thought, looked good. So did Mario Koja Dubri, uh, both of them, the really kind of diminutive, smaller midfielders. They offered something, uh, progression, technical ability, good running, good pace, good acceleration and uh, good control of the ball. So, yeah, uh, they they impressed me plenty. Tell you what I was frustrated with. I was a bit frustrated with Marquinhos, actually, in the second half. I thought he was very rushed in what he did. I know he's young, you know, but he is meant to be kind of this level above the youngsters. He rushed a few things. He lacked composure. There was a moment where Anthony Lopez was uh, caught in a bit of no man's land and the ball fell to Marquinhos. With an open goal, you have to hit the target there. You have to be composed, and he wasn't. He had a great chance to hit the bar. Really good save from Lopez in the end, which pushed it onto the bar with a very slight touch. But I think that Marquinhos can be a bit too hasty and rushed in his displays, and I think that I need to see more. I think he needs a loan, and hopefully he's going to get that loan. My understanding is that the club are considering a loan uh, in the future as well. Uh, Esmond says, we do not have the money of City uh, and are willing to spend that much, so we need to make profit by buying world-class players. Out of curiosity, I'll be interested to see how much we've spent in comparison to City over the last three or four years, because I don't think we're that far off spending that amount of money that City have spent. You also have to look at the way in which Dortmund spend and Arsenal spend, because I'll tell you what, Arsenal's spending comparison to Dortmund spending, Esmond, 
very very different indeed uh johnny says hey mate do you have any tattoos uh would you get an arsenal tattoo perhaps a huge Mikel Arteta face on your chest when we're in the league great question johnny no to your second one <laughs> because you know managers are only temporary and Arteta will leave one day arsenal is certainly permanent i don't have any I've always been tempted. I've never really been able to commit to one. Uh, my missus has one, uh, but I've no, I've never, I've never uh, committed to it uh, so far. I always feel like you know you should have something on your wall for like a year. If you get bored of it hanging on your wall, then you're probably going to get bored of something sitting on your body for the rest of your life. So uh, I haven't ever got around to really truly. I've got ideas about what I would get, um, but uh, I've not committed as of yet to one so far. Uh, Mark says, can you update us to the status of Takahiro Tomiyasu and Ben White? I'm very concerned today, especially with Ben White, will not be mentioned, uh, uh, will not be mentally ready for the resumption of football. Uh, Tomiyasu has returned to uh, Dubai. He is now in Dubai and will be joining up with the team shortly. So he should be fine. Ben White, I don't know what's going on with Ben, ben White. Ultimately, uh, I'm not in the know about that situation. We were told that he was missing due to personal reasons. Yes, I've seen the reports that have come out. I am really going to hold judgment and wait until um, we get kind of a word from the club, a word from him. Something doesn't add up about what I read last night. It's just something that I, I doesn't add up for me. So uh, we'll wait and see uh, with Ben White. But we are not going to, um, we're not going to, you know, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. You know, that's for sure. Uh, Van Jones says, uh, would you consider going for Anthony Martial at Man United? I don't think so. He says he seems to be out of favour of late and looking for a move. I don't think so. I think Arsenal should be looking for a player with the highest ceiling. I think Martial's had his time. I think he's on a ridiculous wage as well and would still cost a significant fee. Uh, Mel says, Tom, would you take Tammy Abraham on loan? I don't rate Tammy. Would I take him on loan? Yeah, I would. I would take Tammy Abraham on loan for the rest of the season. I don't think that would be a bad move for Arsenal to do, considering where they need to be and where the options they need. So if you said that we can get him on loan, I absolutely would take Tammy Abraham on loan. Yes. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, I enjoyed the game. However, Leon didn't really give us a game. So I hope that AC Milan gives us a much better one so that we can really see if our players have improved. Yeah, I mentioned that at the start of the show. Leon offered nothing. They were dreadful, really poor. But all you can ask in a game where the opposition really aren't quite up for a friendly, you know, um, is just the best performance that you can ask for. And I think we got that. We got a performance of intensity, with pressing, with running. Uh, with a real mindset to go and win it and win it comfortably. And when the youngsters came on, they came on with that same mindset as well. So, yeah, absolutely. I was happy with the performance, but not happy with the challenge that we were given. Son of Apollo says, curious thought. Uh, Reese is an alternative striker. Instead of bringing him in someone new, he does have the engine and can dribble similarly to Jesus. Uh, I, I'm not sure about similarly to Jesus. Jesus has pulled off some brilliant runs uh, in and out of players, weaving between one and another. I'm not sure uh, that he can do it to the level of Jesus, and I don't think he, I don't I don't rely on on Nelson's finishing. Uh, I have a question on his finishing. I know he scored two great goals against Forest. Don't doubt that, but there's just times in games where I don't think he takes opportunities to the best of his ability. So uh, yeah, I have a bit of an issue with his finishing. So no, I wouldn't personally try Eddie. Uh, sorry, Nelson uh, at that striker position. Definitely would try Eddie <laughs> that striker position because that's what he is. Um, Paul says the ultimate question, which is always the way it is, were Leon poor because we didn't let them play? There is an element of us obviously suffocating the amount of opportunities that Leon had. I'm not going to dis I'm not going to disagree with you there, but there is just something when you play against teams, you can get a sense of how hard they're trying. I didn't get the sense, you know, when we when they were out of possession, they didn't have the press, they didn't have the energy, they weren't showing what we were showing in the same way. 
So, yeah, there's always the argument of how much did we restrict them from doing what they were doing. Always, that always comes up when you win a game well and another team is perceived to have played badly. But no, uh, I can't quite get on board with that one. I think they were just pretty darn poor. Uh, Mohammed says, why isn't anyone mentioning Jaden Sancho in the transfer discussion? He doesn't have a future at United. There's probably a reason for that, Mohammed. He's just not been able to transition from the Bundesliga to the Premier League. It's not worked out. I wouldn't risk it. I think he'd also go for a very, very heavy transfer fee, even though he's been very poor. Amira says, so much talk of incomings, but do you see anyone in the first team leaving in January? It's such a small squad. I can't even see the likes of Cedric leaving. It's tough, isn't it? It's really tough to see anyone going, you know, in this window. I might have said Sambi Lakonga if we'd have brought in a, a rather, yeah, I, I might have, I might have said Sambi Lakonga could have been considered for a loan if he wanted more minutes, but I can't even see that, you know, at the moment. It's very, very difficult to kind of foresee us leave, letting any players leave with the squad being so short and us being in the position that we're in. I think they'll want every hand on deck. Um, Let's see. Maybe maybe something strange happened. I think some youth players will go. I think Marquinhos will go on loan. Um, but we'll wait and see. Uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, Gabenka says, Hi, Tom. What do you make of Joao Felix's loan with an option to buy story? I think it's a lot of rubbish. <laughs> That's what I think, Gabenka. I really don't think there is uh, a chance of that happening. Daniel says, Do you guys really think that we're getting a new striker? I honestly don't think so. No, I don't. I've said that. You know, <laughs> I don't think we're going for a striker. Uh, I think we'll go for the wide forward and the midfielder. I think that's the way we will move uh, this winter window. Uh, Ritian says, based on the current situation, what would be your starting 11 on Boxing Day? It's very difficult for me to answer that question, Ritian, because we don't know when Brazil are going to exit or when England or when France are going to exit. So we don't know who is going to be back by then. We don't know what kind of state they're going to be in. I can't really answer the question. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not going to throw you 11 of and 11 players that might be there I, I don't think they will be um yeah i just don't see it happening unfortunately uh i, I can't see me predicting a team that's that's going to be then there on on boxing day so we'll hold that question and we'll face that when we do our preview show in the lead up to christmas um marcus says do you think uh all those who are back from the world cup will feature against juventus uh maybe it depends when they leave. Uh, if these, if the quarterfinals, if say England lose and Saka and Ramsdale are out, maybe they'll feature. Maybe they'll waive some of their holiday time. Um, but they do have ten days from tomorrow, which would be the twentieth, which would be well, well beyond that Juventus game. So they would have to waive holidays uh, and also come back earlier and get into ready fitness to play. I say ready fitness; they've been playing pretty much every week, so they shouldn't have too much problem with that. But uh, I, I doubt we'll see Saka or Ramsdale against Juventus, even if they get knocked out against France or Saliba, of course, the other way around. Um, let's go. Rotha Rose says, sorry for catching the show late. My son broke his foot. Hello. Oh, well, I wish your son the best of health and recovery. That's that's awful. How on earth did he do that? It's a football. It's always something to do with football. Um, let's go to Lynn, who says, Tom, would you consider letting Smith-Rowe have a free roll? that he could maybe fill in the spaces like Jesus does to still allow our forwards to get chances. Until we know when Smith-Rowe is going to be back, it's difficult to even suggest him playing in that role at the moment. But the honest answer is no, I'd start Eddie Nketiah at striker. He starts for me at striker. That's where I would play him. He is our second striker. You can't invest a significant contract renewal in this guy and then not play him. You know, the club will use him as the second striker. That's what's going to happen. And I hope he succeeds. I really, really do. Uh, Ewak says, what is your opinion of Smith-Rowe playing that false nine for us in the meantime for certain games, maybe? Maybe in rotation, maybe in the game against Oxford at the FA Cup, maybe in the Europa League, maybe not even then, because we might need that Europa, well, not, well, I might need it, but I kind of want us to progress through and, and win a trophy. So, 
Yeah, I don't see that happening at the moment. I think Nketiah will play. A lot of people go, how can we play two games a week? We're not really playing two games a week at the moment until at least February, really. Um, sometimes we have you know, the FA Cup, but even then that's a weekend game. I mean, if we have a look at our fixtures quickly, uh, let's go to matches. We play, uh, so we have uh, West Ham on Monday on the on Boxing Day. We then play again on Saturday. Yes, we have obviously the New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Day, oh, sorry, the game two days after uh, New Year's Day on the third in the midweek. It's the Christmas period that always happens. But then we have uh, Oxford's on the Monday night. That's annoying playing that on a Monday night, but it is what it is. Um, oh, it's going to be a long drive back from Oxford at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, Tottenham away. Uh, that's on Sunday. Then we play Man United on the following Sunday because we're not in the League Cup. And then we play on the following Saturday with Everton in February. Then we play on the following Saturday again. And then we have a midweek game against Man City. So it's not like we are playing twice a week like people are trying to claim, you know. Um, we're only playing a couple of games in midweek. And I think Eddie Nketiah can still do that if we need him to do that. But we need to make sure that we bring our... We need to make sure that we bring our reinforcements in midfield and the wide forward area in as soon as possible in January. I don't want to see us, you know, languishing all the way to the end of the January window and doing the business on deadline day. We need our business done quick in January. Get the players in, get them integrated, get them in the team and use them as soon as possible. Don't dally. Get the deals done. Pay over the odds slightly if you have to. Be aggressive in the market. Uh, YY says, I don't think we should just go with Eddie. Uh, we got him as a second striker, assuming that we challenged for top four. But now we want to compete for the league. The context has changed. Of course, the context has changed. But who are you getting? This is my question. You know, who are you signing? Tell me. Tell me who you're signing, YY. I'm all for problems. But I much prefer it when people leave their problems with a suggested solution. You know, that's what I want to see. Who are you going to sign? Who is realistically going to come to Arsenal? for a reasonable price because we've got to sign a wide player and a midfielder in January and we don't have the money to go out and spend, you know, 40, 40, 30 on three players. It's just not going to happen. And who's going to come knowing that Jesus is back in February time, assumedly, and uh, going to struggle to get their spot again. And then you've taken up a spot with an investment in a player that might not even be good enough because the players that are out there aren't necessarily good enough. Uh, World Citizen says, did you hear Ramsdale's interview? Love his honesty about wanting to be number one and not spouting the usual spiel about just getting there to support Pickford. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Ramsdale's very honest, you know, very, very honest in what he is. After the Leeds game, when I spoke to him in the mix zone, I asked him and I said, did his performance against Leeds, if you remember that game, obviously he had a really strong performance. Goalkeeping-wise, he was probably man of the match. I said to him, do you think this is a type of performance that can kind of change the viewpoint of the manager in the England setup to pick you over Pickford? And he said, no, like one game doesn't change things, which is a very honest one. Um, we've spoken to him after difficult performances as well. And he's come out and spoken about, you know, disappointment after losing games, etc. He's usually one that is happy to come out and talk even after defeats. Not always, as we saw uh, after Southampton, when no one wanted to speak to us, but... Uh, you know, Ramsdale is good and honest about those types of things. And I think he has the right mindset and he is determined. And that's what you want to see from a goalkeeper. You want to see someone doing that type of thing. Raymond says, hey, Tom, first time catching you live. Great show. Thank you, mate. And welcome to the show. Uh, and I hope you're enjoying yourself as well. Uh, but he says, I feel that we will not buy anyone. That's a shame. Out curiosity, why do you think that? Well, what's what's got that into your mind? Where is that kind of, where's that kind of grown from? Um, that that doubt and the pessimism that we won't sign somebody. I'm curious. Uh, Manny says, can we do a little challenge? How many goals does Eddie have to score to get his own TGT emoji? To be honest, he doesn't have to get a certain amount of goals. <laughs> um, I've been trying to, you know, the person I usually got to make emojis has moved on from that side of the business. So 
um business as it is not part of my business just his business of doing emojis but uh yeah maybe we could find someone else doing a, uh, an enketia emoji that's for sure um zaha no um he's not a striker first of all he's a wide forward i know he has played through the middle but no i don't think that happening you're investing then in a player that is, is what nearing 30 if not already i think he is 30 is he not uh, and you're going to get him on a significant wage. And then I think he's taken up a spot in the squad, maybe, for someone else that could have come in. So, no, not Zaha for me. Um, I think we need to move for someone of a younger profile, someone that's going to come in and have, yes, that immediate impact that you want, but we can't be investing in players now that are in a position that we've then invested in a player that we're trying to turn around player sales in terms of how much we're making, the value of players. We can't sign players on a downslope. And I just look at Zaha and he's he's on a downslope. Um, on a permanent deal, I'm talking about. You know, if you sign, say, Depay on a six-month loan, it's probably one that I might be open to on a six-month loan. But again, why he would join on a loan when his contract runs out at the end of the season and why Barca would even do that, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Vanajuri says, how long do you think it will take Jesus to get back to full match fitness when he returns? Will it be a few minutes from the bench to start? He probably will do that. Yeah, he'll probably start on the bench um, and then gradually get himself onto the field. But uh, I don't know when he's going to be back. I, I don't know when he's going to be back. It's as simple as that. Uh, Mohammed says, sorry, Tom, but if we say we don't have 100 million to spend in January, if we need to, then we cannot uh, claim to be serious about competing for titles. Out of interest, which title challenger spent 100 million in January? I mean, even City. I'm trying to think which side spent a hundred million in January. Feel free to, to shout an example because I've seen plenty of serious title challengers not spend a hundred million in January. So I don't think a hundred million being spent in January is a descriptor of a side that is serious about a title challenge, especially when we've just made another loss, another 46 million loss. I think it was something around that figure on the top of last year's 60-odd million loss. It's just not realistic. You know, we're just not going to go and do that. It's it's not about not being serious. It's not about not being serious in January if you don't go and spend 100 million. I think Arsenal go and spend 50, 60. I think that's more realistic. But I don't see us spending 100 million. You know, you're talking about summer level of transfer fees being spent in January. And that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Um... Mark says, who do you favour for our winger and the midfielder acquisitions, given talent, price and fit of our playing style? There's a number of players that I'd like to see us go for. You know, Mudrik is there. I would like Lindstrom as a profile. I think he can play in a wide area. I think people misrepresent Lindstrom a lot as kind of an attacking midfielder. I think he can play very well in a wide area. Uh, I like Ferran Torres as a potential option as well for us to come in and be a really good, versatile forward for us. Um, who else? Who else do we like that could be brought in in a potential wide position? We've done so many shows. Pedro and Chalvez, you know, Sporting Lisbon is someone I like as well. Uh, been quieter this season. Didn't get into the Portugal side either. I think he suffered with a bit of an injury. I'm not sure. But uh, Pedro and Chalvez as well uh, is, is someone else that maybe we could look to to try and sign. And I like Nico Williams, you know, for Spain and for Athletic Club in, in Spain. I like him as, as someone that maybe you could go for. But I think he would be pretty expensive. 50 million euro release clause, apparently, in his contract. Um, 
let's go to i'm still waiting for someone to to, <laughs> to tell me about uh any hundred million uh offers or what happened in january marcus says forest might spend another hundred million <laughs> it went so well in the summer it just went so so well uh then um Balaji says it's almost mid-season can we do a tier list of the players after the brighton game uh, probably not best to do it after the first game back um, or the second game back. I think we should probably do it before then, um, but we'll we'll see if that changes. Uh, I really want to I really want to go into more detail, obviously, about where our players have been. It's just been so busy with the World Cup that I've not been able to do that. And the World Cup ends on the 18th, and then of course we get back to to football on the 26th. So I've not been able to do the tier list as I wanted. We did manage to get the loan report show out, which I was very happy about. Um, but beyond that, it's been a crazy few weeks with this World Cup on. Absolutely mad. Uh, Papa says, Hey, Tom, do you think the reports about Atletico being ready to accept a loan with obligation to buy Israel Felix are true? Can Arsenal explore such an option? Let me ask you guys. Do you think that a club like Atletico Madrid would be willing to accept a loan with an option for a player with three years left on his contract? And also, do you think that Arsenal would be willing to stump up 100 million euros, which is said to be the purported price of a player, even if it was an obligation? Because I don't see that. They might be willing to accept a loan with an obligation if the obligation clause lands at around 100 million. But I just don't see that happening. Do you? I, I don't. I don't see 100 million. I don't see him being worth 100 million. So why on earth even Arsenal would explore something close to 100 million would be pretty mad. Um, what about Chiesa when Juve inevitably starts selling? Definitely one Benji we should be looking at. Chiesa, very, very, very talented player. Certainly a good shout. Um, Lynn says, I still feel that Ramsdale is too good to be sitting on the bench and there could be a frustration creeping in if Southgate didn't play Ramsdale against Wolves. Um Wales, sorry, he isn't going to play him now. No, he's not. I don't think Ramsdale will be frustrated. I think he understands where his position is. He wants to be first choice. I think he understands that this tournament probably comes a bit too soon for that. He needs to target the next one. He needs to continue what he's doing with Arsenal. He's at the right place to get the right position. Um, Mohamed says, which challenger had a 13 or 14 man squad? Do Arsenal have a 13 or 14 man squad? Because I don't think that's fair. Let's have a quick look at the team. So, Ramsdale and Turner, that's your two. So, we'll start off there. Tierney, White, Gabriel, Saliba, Holding, uh, Cedric, Tommy Asu, Zinchenko. We're already at 10, okay? And so you can say that they're, they're not part of the squad, but Holding and Cedric are our depth options in the centre-back and right-back areas. We're at 10. Partey, 12. Saka, uh, sorry, Partey, 11. Saka, 12. Odegaard, 13. Smith Rowe, 14, because he's returning. Vieira, 15. Lukonga, 16. Elneny, 17. Xhaka, 18. Jesus uh, is obviously out, so we won't include him. Martinelli, 19, and Ketia, 20. Reese Nelson, 21. So 13 or 14-man squads? I don't think so. I don't think that's fair. I don't think a 13 or 14-man squad has got us five points clear. If we look at all the players that we've got in that right now, and you look at all the players that we've used this season, we've had a starting 11, which is, I think we can all agree, Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, I'm going to go Zinchenko for now because he's probably our number one starter. Okay, that's your back five, including goalkeeper. Partey, Xhaka, Erdegaard, uh, Saka, Jesus and uh, and Martinelli. That's been our 11. But Vieira's come in and scored when asked when called upon the Brentford game. You know, Vieira came in when Erdegaard was out and scored. We've also got Tommy Asu coming in against Liverpool and helping us get the points there and starting for a number of games. We've got Tierney starting in the team, you know, as well. 
El Nenny has come in. Went well. El Nenny has come in at the end of last season. I thought did a great job when Party was out. It wasn't quite enough for us. But El Nenny comes in and he's a member of that squad. Lukonga, I have my questions, but he's still a part of the squad. That's for sure. And if he was playing alongside Thomas Party, I'd have the confidence in him to do so. You know, Smith Rowe coming back into the team is important. Turner has been called upon and done well when asked, you know. And Avinash, I don't think that he's a minus one. I don't think he's uh, a plus one, but I think he's, you know, certainly of a level that uh, contributes the depth of the team. So to call him a minus one, I think is uh, certainly far, far, far too critical. Uh, if you remember the actually Aston Villa game uh, when Partey wasn't available, the Conga was great in that game. There was the, before, the one before Manchester United where he made a couple of errors. But in that Aston Villa game, Lukonga was very, very good indeed. Um, and beyond that, you're looking at other players. Where did I go with the team? I don't want to hear myself talking. That's awkward. Um, Reese Nelson comes on against Forrest, gets two goals. Uh, we've already mentioned uh, Fabio Vieira. I'm sure there's someone I'm missing. Um, Holding hasn't played in the Premier League, I don't think yet. Although coming off the bench has caused problems for teams, you have to be said. No, I think it's 13, 14 is harsh. I think that we've got, you know, as I mentioned, we've got 21 players in our squad right now with Jesus out. That's not including Jesus. I think we need to add two more to take it up to the 23 in January. And ultimately, you know, we can then add more in the summer. But we've been unfortunate with injuries. We really have. Uh, we've been unfortunate with El Elneny being out, with Smith Rowe being out, and Zinchenko's had his problems as well. Um, but to say we have a 13 or 14 man squad, it's not fair. I haven't mentioned Marquinhos. I don't really consider him part of the senior team as of yet but uh, I don't see and again I'm still waiting for someone to tell me when someone spent 100 million in January not happened so as soon as someone can tell me when that's happened and a serious quote serious title challenger uh, has done that then I'll hold my hands up but until someone tells me I'm sorry that just doesn't happen and you know not spending 100 million in January does mean that you're not a serious title challenger there you go. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you guys for tuning in. Always appreciative of your comments. If you do think up when a team has spent that amount of money or you've got any comments and thoughts about what we talked about today, obviously leave them down in the comment section below the video when the video wraps up. Drop a like as well. Really appreciate the support you always bring to the channel. It means a lot. Subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.